Welcome to the Everyday is a New Day podcast and live show. The inspirational show about moving forward and choosing to be more of you. Transmuting the self-doubt and stepping into courageously aligned confidence in who you uniquely are. My name is Kim O'Neill. I'm a twice-certified transformational confidence coach, Reiki master, best-selling author, and former crime analyst who now helps empathic, heart-centered individuals shatter the noise of self-doubt, find clarity on what self-love really looks like, and the courage to be peacefully grounded in who you've always known you are from the inside out. Join me for the live shows on Facebook and YouTube and visit KimO'NeillCoaching.com for more info. Let's get to it. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Every Day is a New Day show. I'm excited as always to be here with you today because today especially we are going to be talking about a very fun topic. We're going to be talking about the power of choosing joy even in uncertainty. So get ready for that. We have a fun guest today. I'm excited to share her with you. But before we get started with any of it, let's take a moment to be fully present right here and right now, standing in your power. And we're going to begin by simply shaking off yesterday, shaking off yesterday, shaking off the five seconds before you tuned in, shaking off whatever might be creeping up for you that is factoring into you fully being present and owning your power. Knowing who you fully are, allowing yourself to fully be who you are, allow yourself to physically shake it off, call back your energy, be present right here, right now. I'm so grateful to be here with you. And for those that are with me live, go ahead and say hello in the comments. We love to interact with you as much as as we can. I like to go with the flow in these conversations, Uh, but it's good to see. I see some of you are already here. So hello, hello, Helene. I see you here and hello to Joanne. It is so good to have you guys with us today. (sighs) Okay. So I'm going to start off with a quote that's that uh, I found relevant to the topic of joy, and it is a quote by Helen Keller. Your success and happiness lies in you. Resolve to keep happy and your joy and you shall form an invincible host against difficulties. I think that's just such a wonderful quote. That's definitely one of those ones to like read again, think about again, ponder on. So anyway, if you want to snapshot that and think about that, go ahead and feel free to take a snapshot of that. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, share with you who today's guest is, and then I will bring her up on screen. So today's guest is Elena Sanino. She is a life coach, yin yoga teacher, and the author of Inhabit Your Joy, A Book of Nudges. Elena brings sparks of energy to everything she does and is on a mission to help you transform the walls of survival mode into doors of possibility so you can step into the spotlight of your life. She helps you get out of your head and into your body as your source of wisdom and moves you from beyond the shoulds and into delight one day at a time. And how fitting and perfect is that for today? With that, I'm going to go ahead and bring her up on screen. Hello, Elena. Hello, Kim. Oh my goodness. I shook with you. I was delighted with you. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. And I, I want to just share with, with everyone who's with us today, we may encounter a little uh, delay in our audio today. So just bear with us. That's what's taking place. Um, but we're going to have a fun conversation because that's what we're choosing in this moment. So 
Elena, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Do you wanna... and if there is a pause, if if there is a pause, it's an excellent time to just take a breath. How's that? Or to do some extra shaking. <laughs> we'll make that the is, most of it. They're intentional pauses. <laughs> excellent. An intentional pause to absolutely receive, be in the present moment of that joy. Let it savor it a little longer. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I'm here for all of that. <laughs> I hope I everyone it. will join us on that invitation. <laughs> yes, yes. <sighs> okay, Elena. So let me just first ask you, you know, what what drew you to this space of, of being this person that's really this, you know, advocate for joy and why this is, is mm -hmm. something you like to share with people? Yes. So I love that, being an advocate for joy. I have always, and I say for better or worse, because there can be a shadow side to this, been someone who sees possibility. And who, you know, when I was younger, they called me the silver linings girl, right? And, and there's an element of really noticing celebrations, possibility. And I've also had moments in my life, seasons really, where that felt really hard to do. And yet, this choice to celebrate, to be so fully immersed in our aliveness was presented to me by a doctor that I had once. I was preparing to receive a donor egg. This was, my daughter is now, oh, I just gave it away, almost 18. But um, we were, I wasn't supposed to be able to have a child because I had had wow. Hodgkin's lymphoma and then a bone marrow transplant. And it just wasn't, I was in early menopause in my late twenties. And wow. we were going through this process. I was two weeks away from receiving this donor egg. And this was back in the time when like there were actually binders <laughs> where you read about the donors, like paper binders. And the doctor called me that morning and said, so I don't know how to tell you this, but I think you're about five weeks pregnant. And I burst into these sobbing tears because this wasn't supposed to happen. This was the thing I wanted uh. most in the world. And yet, and, and I, I was mad. I was like, "You're this thing is being given to me and then it's going to be taken away. The doctor let me sob. He let me have my tears. And then he said, so look, you have two choices. You can grieve or you can celebrate until the day you can't. And I went, oh, option B, <laughs> right? Sign me up. It just, I didn't even have to think about it. It was instinctive. And that has always been this choice of choosing to be so fully in the moment, even when we don't know what's gonna happen, right? even in that uncertainty. And that five week old grain of rice that I met on the ultrasound the next day is now turning 18 this fall. Wow. So here we go. <laughs> right? That's, it's life. It, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's amazing. C continue. Well, it's life is uncertain, right? It's, complicated. It's messy. It isn't all rainbows and unicorns and pixie dust. And this is perhaps the shadow side of me being so often in that silver lining is that sometimes not really allowing myself to feel and absorb the moments. And so I've since, you know, really moved through this practice of choosing joy 
as a part of the full experience. So not in exclusion of the other moments, but as the and. And to me, joy is a celebration of the and. It's a celebration of little moments, of big moments, and everything in between. That's a powerful story. And um, what I'm hearing is, is it's, like I, I'm seeing it as, you know, joy tends to be kind of this like secondary thing. And I know this is kind of what you're speaking to, but like joy tends to be the secondary choice. And it sounds like you're saying, no, let it be the primary choice regardless of what else is going on. Absolutely. Let it be the metric, right? So often we use metrics like productivity or finances or, you know, the amount of, of things that we accomplished as our metrics of success, but joy is its own metric of success. It gets to be a journey that we allow ourselves to experience. And, and the other thing that I would say is not only does it not have to come secondary, it can come first, almost like fuel, right? We fuel up our cars, we fuel our body with good food. Why wouldn't we fuel ourselves with joy? And it also, isn't something that we need to put on a pedestal, you know, wait for the weekend to achieve, wait for vacation, wait for retirement, whatever it is. I love creating little mini moments of joy, right? If it's just sitting outside my window and looking at the cardinal that happens to be at the bird feeder, right? Just allowing unexpected delight to find me mm -hmm. and to savor it for even just a moment to let it linger and, and that's where then we absorb it and it becomes nourishment. I, so what this is also bringing to mind is, um, is those moments when you have something that feels like it came out of left field and it feels like, oh no, everything's, you know, not, not going as planned or as desired. I'm, you know, the universe isn't going to give me what I want. And, and what I have, what I have seen multiple times is that, those are the moments, those precise moments are the moments you want to make sure to t make that choice to choose joy, to go, oh, you know, I don't know what's coming next. The universe clearly has a different plan because in that moment, if we allow ourselves to simply assume that all is lost, things aren't working out, and now we're just miserable about it, that that also in some way is assuming that we know better than the universe. And we are not trusting in that co-creative process. And so that's something that like, it's taken a while for me to really like absorb that and see how that plays out. But that can almost be like an extra layer of fun to it because it's like, ooh, I see this really horrible thing happening. And oh my goodness, that means something extra exciting is about to happen. I just have to remain in that space of joy. And I want to say trust faith as well. So, oh Absolutely. Trust is, it's actually the quality, the, the exploration that I am deeply practicing right now. <sighs> this idea of, because the other thing that happens with joy is this, at least for me, I have this little whisper of, yeah, but good things don't last. Right? Oh. And that comes from having been diagnosed when I was 23, I had gotten engaged six days before I was living my very best life at 23. <laughs> um, so many years ago and and then this thing happened right and so the story the old story the old narrative that I have is you know, good things don't last or when is the other shoe gonna drop 
So there is this really powerful, I think joy requires to some degree trust and allowing. Maybe there there's like a reciprocal energy to it. I think they feed themselves. That makes total sense. It's like sense. an infinity symbol. I like how yeah. you do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. So I have another question for Elena, Elena, but before we get there, I want to say a quick hello to Betty, who has also joined us. Hello, Betty. It is good to see you here. And everyone else who's joined us, but who has not chimed in, it's always good to have you here with us as well. So Elena, I think what you just started to say is a really fantastic segue into um, into how a person can be more rooted in their joy and pleasure. Will you tell us more about, you know, what does that mean and look like for a person to be rooted in their joy and pleasure? Yes. So being rooted, right? We hear these terms rooted, grounding, centered a lot. And to me, there's this idea of what, what are we rooted in? What is our foundation built on? with, right? What are we literally supported by? So we can be supported and rooted in joy. Absolutely. We could also be rooted, supported, present in the moment and in our senses, right? In nature, but perhaps most importantly, and to me, the, the best gateway portal to joy is being rooted in our body, right? Of being in connection, in relationship with this thing that we walk around with each day that helps us be in the world because it's through our body that we experience things through our senses. I don't know about you, Kim, but you know, the moments of joy that I remember from my childhood, I remember through sensory memories, the smell of jasmine in my great grandmother and then grandmother's yard in Venice, Italy, right? Or the sun, um, on me at the beach, right? I remember them through our senses. And so there's this invitation to really be present. And that helps us. I came across a quote last year. It was, the more rooted we are, the higher we can fly. Or something along that line, mm. those lines. Right? That makes sense. And so that it's makes this idea of that. It's okay. That makes total sense because um, what I what I have experienced is that my spiritual journey has actually brought me to appreciate the physical journey even more because it's through being present in this body that we actually can carry out those things that we want to manifest and and all all of that energetic stuff. So I yeah, I'm, I'm totally resonating with this. Yeah, go ahead and continue. Yeah. Well, and it's this idea, right? So, so how do we get rooted and especially in our bodies? And it's, so it's that idea of just coming in, whether it's three breaths, which is why I love how you start each show, right? The shaking, the releasing, because there's an opportunity to let go of the stuff that is stagnant, that doesn't serve us to allow things to move through us and then become really present. And the body becomes that gateway right? It is that invitation inward into the heart, into our intuition, into that deep sense of knowing that we have. We also can be rooted in that deep knowing, in our power, in our resiliency, right? So there's this element of really creating a home base for ourselves. And coming back home to ourselves instead of, because here's the other thing about being rooted, a lot of us seek out joy 
from external sources, or we use external sources as the metric that provides us joy. But this idea of being rooted in ourselves and coming home to ourselves is, is an inquiry, is an invitation to say, okay, could I be my own supplier of joy? That is, I mean, talk about coming into your own power and owning who you are and what you're capable of, which is truly limitless. I mean, that's that's a big aha moment for anybody who's in that space right now. Uh, yeah, I love that. Wait, tell us more. Uh, so let's speak a little bit, just a little bit more about the power of the body and our breath specifically. Talk about the, say a little more about the breath. Oh, as I take a breath, <laughs> the breath is this, right? The breath to me is a constant reminder of the energy that is ours to receive and experience and share. And I was probably not somebody who focused on breath for the first, I don't know, two thirds of my life. And as I started to explore my own yoga practice, my own breathwork practices, and really begin to integrate that into my regular just state of being and not, not just doing it, but really practicing and allowing it to be a part of who I was, there was always an invitation. And what I find so powerful about the breath as an invitation into the body is we instinctively know how to breathe. We don't actually have to force it or change it or do anything. So there's this opportunity to get really curious through our breath, right? Where do I receive the breath? How does it feel today? Where do I experience the release of the breath as it moves through me? Right? It is, it's a bit like a gift and a magnifying lens all at the same time, right? Just this ability to really receive the present moment and then allow that to be experienced and savored and released. So to me, coming home to the breath in whatever way you do it is yeah. always a beautiful invitation. I had something I was going to say and it, it kind of walked away, but, uh, but if it comes back, then I'll say it. Uh, I, I, I think it was something along the lines of just simply um, you know, as we were acknowledging that, of course, our bodies automatically breathe, um, kind of that, again, remembrance of, oh, I already have all the tools. Oh, I already, right? Yeah. 100%. Like, I can't jump up and down for that enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Okay. So, now you talk about um, like being aware of the of noticing what is working. Tell us more about the practice of noticing what is working. So the practice is the practice of noticing what is working really is meant to counteract the effect of the brain's negative bias, right? Our brain is trained to look for the things that aren't working, the things that are going wrong. It's, it's you know, from that fight or flight response, it's constantly on guard. But to intentionally be on the lookout or celebrate or notice or allow ourselves to linger in this question of what is working reminds us that there's there's an and something it could be raining and right you've done something else something else has worked for instance or for instance 
it's raining and it's gray and my wildflowers are getting watered, right? So in a way that's working because I don't have to be out there to water them. But it, it so it reminds us of the and, that everything is not, that things are not mutually exclusive of one another. It, it is a bit like tending to creating a muscle or learning a foreign language, to start to become fluent with progress versus the destination being the ultimate goal. I don't know about you, Kim, but I used to be a perpetually unsatisfied goal setter. <laughs> I would set goals and achieve them and be like, yeah, but, and I, I did this, the example that comes to mind is running marathons okay. for me. Wow. What about you? Have you ever been a perpetually uh, unsatisfied goal setter? Not, not, not in that, I wouldn't phrase it in that way for me, but I have had these moments where I think, oh my goodness, what happens when I achieve that big, 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 big goal? And then what? And then it's almost as if, and I want to cancel this out as soon as I say it, but it's almost as if, well, then how about I never achieve that? So I always know that I have something good to achieve, you know, something high to look forward towards, look look forward to, move towards. And um, I can continue to just work on like these little things down here. That has been a thing for me that I've had to like, no, Kim, once you achieve the big, the big one, there's going to be something even bigger. There's always another thing. And I want to just go back to the and part of what you were saying. I love, love, love that. The and, um, I mean, that's a fantastic way to really begin to cultivate positivity and see that there's beauty in every moment. There's a gift in every moment. That is something that I'm really big on. So I love that you framed it in the way of looking at the and that's great. Yes. And, you know, something you just said reminds me, and I have it written upstairs and I can't remember who said it. So forgive me, but there's a quote I have written in my meditation space and it's every day is a gift. Untie the ribbons. There's, there's probably another word in there, but it's this just reminder of every day offers us a gift. If only we choose to untie that ribbon, right? To be present enough with it, to be moving perhaps slowly enough to notice that there's a gift and then to actively and intentionally untie it and really linger with it. I but think yes, this you know the the, the keyword. It's okay. the The keyword of of slowly. What you just said right there. I mean, for for some people that may not be a key, but for a lot of other people. Um, and I'm going to say probably a lot of people here in America, you know, there's a lot of go, 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 go always. And it might simply be, wait, just, just slow it down a little, just roll it back a little bit. Take a moment to pause. Like you were talking about earlier at the beginning of the show, if there's a pause, right, that's a moment too. then see the gift to, yeah. So, so I just want to point that out that it might be pertinent to slow down and then it's easier to see the gift that, that we're talking about. So it's so funny, Kim, because, you know, I published this book this year and on the day that the book launched, the day, January 31st, I went to walk my dog in the morning. And this was a day that as much as I know that expectations are my kryptonite and that curiosity is my antidote, I had built up this day, right? So there I went to walk the dog. And it had, I live in Northern Virginia, so the winters are kind of wacky. And it wasn't, and I remember thinking, oh, I shouldn't walk on the sidewalk because it might be icy. So I walked on the road and then I ended up on the sidewalk somehow. Well, 
guess what happened? Oh. I slipped on the ice and broke broke my wrist, my right wrist, and I'm right-handed. It was literally as if the universe was saying, hey, you, you've just done this big thing. Perhaps slow down and savor this without being so needing it to be a machine, which was never the intent of the book. But it was, so I have been constantly reminded you know, it's not about the doing, it's about the being. It's about creating space for those little moments, even the ones that, you know, we land on the ground. <laughs> what what a fascinating story that is so, um, with such a, uh, yeah, such a deeper meaning. I'm so grateful that the universe allowed you to finish the book. Let it come out first. <laughs> That's good. Um, and, and, <laughs> yes, yes. And we I want to get back to the book in just a moment, but I want to take a quick moment to acknowledge some of our guest comments. We have Betty saying, living into joyful expectation. I put my paint of joy as a reminder to stay with it. How beautiful, Betty. And Betty is a painter, so I know that that's very fitting for her. Um, and we have down here, Joel is saying, yes, everything is always working out for me. Yes, Joel, absolutely. That is a fantastic way to sum up. I love that phrase myself. Fantastic way to sum up uh, the joy in everything. And Helene is saying, amen to receive the gift of all. Yes, yes, yes. Wonderful. Well, okay. So you, your book, let's tell everyone about your book. Your book is titled Inhabit Your Joy, a book of nudges. And uh, would you like to say a, a little bit more about the book itself? Sure. So this book What's interesting about this book is I had to prep. I had to do a few things to get this book written. One of them was to allow it to be joyful because I, even though, right, this is what I embody and what I believe in, sometimes we get in our own way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so yep. I had to allow this process to be as delightful as possible and to make it as uncomplicated as possible. And so when I thought about what I would write about and why I wanted to write the book, I wanted it to be something that even before I knew exactly what it was going to be, would be read and then shared from friend to friend and would create ripples uh, of possibility of joy in people's lives. And so when I thought about it from that, I realized, well, so my clients and my friends and my family have always said that I offer nudges, occasionally and occasion occasionally a gentle shove, <laughs> but the nudges, right, of a question or a practice or a noticing. And so this book is written as a collection of nudges. I think there are 36 nudges and they are divided into three sections, being rooted, being curious and being alive. And it's meant that you can, you know, it can sit on your desk or on your nightstand and you can just open to it and allow a nudge to find you, which is how I love to do it. So I love <laughs> that books like book that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Do you, um, do you, do you have it there right now? Would you like to just randomly open and share one of the, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Go ahead. I yeah, I do. Let's see. And I always just take a breath, right? <laughs> okay. So the book is written, there's a nudge and then there's a little bit of context or a story for each nudge. And so we got be curious. Number one, what are you curious about? And the nudge itself is really rooted in this idea of 
we've stopped listening to our instincts, right? And we've stopped listening. And so there's this opportunity for us to just brainstorm. Children are born curious. Animals are born curious to rebuild that muscle within ourselves. So the nudge is simply give yourself five minutes to brainstorm. What are you curious about? What are you feeling drawn to or intrigued by just because? The only rule to this brainstorm is not to censor yourself. Let whatever bubbles up go onto your list. That's the nudge. I love that. That's really definitely embodying that space of curiosity and and opening things up so a person can see they have more tools available to them to bring in that joy, to, you know, to be in that energy. That's fantastic. I love that. Thank you. Well, and the, one of the things, you know, about all of, all of the nudges, but that they, they become practices to come back to what it is that makes us us. Right. And they, that, that nudge in particular is an invitation to reconnect, to be, get back into dialogue with our intuition, with our instincts, with those core parts of ourselves that maybe we're moving so fast. We've stopped listening to. Right. So it's almost, it's, every good, right? We are built for connection. And so often we seek out the external connections, but to inhabit our joy is to be deeply connected to oneself and be able to answer the question, right? What lights you up? Or one of my favorite questions, what would feel delicious today? Or what are you curious about? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I completely am on board with that. I believe it's key to be in connection with ourself first because then you really know like, oh, this is what I really love to do. This is what brings me joy. This is, you know, these are the people in my world who I really love to spend time with. And then, you know, from that space of connection, oh, let me do more of that. Let me spend more time with those people or doing those things, whatever it may be. So yeah, that's really key starting place. Yeah, well, and what I love about that is it reminded me of the idea of boundaries, right? So often we think of boundaries as the things to create a boundary about what we want to keep out. But what I love to talk about is, okay, but what about the boundary that we're creating space, the inside stuff that we want to create space for? And so when we come into knowledge and connection with what it is that lights us up, and that's one of the things that, you know, a lot of my clients, and I'm sure you see this, is people aren't necessarily sure what it is that lights them up anymore, or they say they aren't, right? And it's be- sometimes because we're out of practice. And so yes. it really is a coming back into practice. When you've been in that go, go, go mode, be, you know, operating so quickly, doing so many things and not fully being present in our body, then yes, it can be so easy to forget and not know what brings you joy, what's fun for you, what you really value. And then that's where the years pass by and you go, oh, wait a second. I didn't really do certain things that meant most to me. And I, you know, I lost some of that time, but I don't really like to look at it that way, but that might be the initial way we we look at it, but it, yeah, it can, it's, Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also where we live in shoulds right? Where we started to operate on shoulds or expectations of others versus those things that feel like our own true North. Yeah. Well, Elena, and and I want to just, I want to, I want to say to everyone that, um, that yes, Elena's name is pronounced Elena, not Elena. I just, I, I, I just, I don't know. That's so important to, to have that full awareness of stuff like that. I want people's names to always be pronounced the way that they're supposed to be pronounced. So, um, 
Okay. I'm starting to overthink that statement. Is there a should in there? Is there a should in there? <laughs> there is no should. Yeah. It's an honoring. Thank you. We'll okay. Thank you. I appreciate Thank you. Yes, it is an honoring. There we go. Okay. So with that, Elena, something I have been asking guests this season is about what is something, you know, that you do that's creative or fun for you. And let's, I just would just love to share those things because, you know, there can be a lot of variance in what is fun for some people. I had one guest tell me that being an entrepreneur is fun. And that was like his legit answer. And it's like, okay, I, you know, that's not my answer, but that's okay. Like everyone finds fun in different things. So for you, what, what's something fun or creative that you like to do that allows you to be in that space of joy? Yes. Absolutely. So one of the things is that I love to do is I have an example because it lives on my desk. I have started over the last few years taking great joy in propagating plants. <laughs> so I love, I become a gardener and so gardening in general, but I have all of these plants. And if you looked around my office right now, you would laugh, but as they grow and perhaps too big for a container, I, I do cuttings and then I put them in water. And I don't know if you can see that there are roots growing. So it actually brings me great joy, right? And this is a succulent to have these on my desk and to just kind of check in with how are the roots right now? Are they ready for soil, right? And, and that process of tending to them. So that is something. And I, my husband laughs, he's like, more plants? I mean, if you keep doing cuttings, like, that means there are going to be more plants in the house. I'm like, it is indeed. But I just read an article about the studies show like plants, indoor plants help our mood, help you know, us just feel centered. So it is good for our mental health. And that's, and I'm sticking to it. But that is the thing that's bringing me great joy right now is tending to my plants. I think that's awesome. I, I you know, I, to me, I, I then initially think of gardening, but propagating is clearly different from like traditional gardening. And what I love about that is it really, to me, it brings uh, forth that word aliveness that you used earlier. It's you're, you're creating more yeah. and more aliveness. I am. And it's, 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 and it's total curiosity and creativity because full transparency, I know very little about the plants, right? I'm like, oh, I wonder if this will work. And there are some plants that I've learned that don't grow roots when they're in water and yet okay. others. So, and, I, and so there are some that I've learned. I'm like, okay, actually they don't like growing roots in water. You can put them directly in soil, but I have to, there's a, an element that's required of curiosity for me to be in that place. So as someone who isn't, you know, an expert in all things plants, it's just, it's really fun for me to experiment and be curious about it. And I see that as an act of creativity. You know, I doodle and I, I do different things here and there, but to me, that's kind of the ultimate. And then arranging them and putting them together. I take great joy in that. I think it's fantastic that this is something you're still learning about because you're not allowing yourself to be stopped by the fact that you don't fully know everything about propagating it. You're just going with it. And, and what I see is you're recognizing, Ooh, this thing brings me joy. I'm going to do it. There's not a, Oh, but I don't know what I'm doing. Therefore I won't do it. You're just simply allowing yourself to stay with that flow and continue to do it. So that's beautiful. That's wonderful. Thank you. And I'm learning along the way, right? I have a plant that I did propagate and it grew roots and I put it in soil and then <laughs> this happened about a month or two ago and I put it in soil and I put it in the spot that I thought was going to be right for it. 
based on its mother plant. <laughs> and the leaves started to turn yellow. Okay. And so I could feel like some of the inner critic, oh, I did something wrong, right? Oh, what's happening? And so I, I gave it more water, which is rarely the solution, <laughs> interestingly. And that didn't help. And then I thought about moving it. And then I thought, well, maybe I should just read about this plant. Maybe if I found out like the naming of something and it's accurate, right? So I read about it. And what I found out about this particular plant, the Dracenia, is that its leaves actually turn yellow as it's growing because it sheds the old leaves, right? So that the new leaves could grow. And I went, oh, and I love a great metaphor. And I was like, that, that. <laughs> so then it was okay for the leaves to turn yellow and fall because it was growing. It was just as it was meant to be. That that was actually an indication that things were on track, not the assumption of, oh, if it's doing this, that must mean this, which might apply to a different plant, but not this one. That That's awesome. Not this one. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So, Elena, uh, I have, I, I know people can connect with you on your website at elenasonino.com. And I want to spell that out for all of our audio podcast listeners. That is E-L-E-N-A-S as in Sam, O-N-N-I-N-O.com, elenasonino.com. And would you like to tell everyone a little bit more about um, how they can connect with you or, or what they, you know, a little bit more about what happens when they connect with you on their website, yes. on your website? Yeah. So if you go to the website, you'll find a few things. If you scroll down, there's actually a box that says find your joy. And if you put your email in there, then I'll send you a 10 minute yin yoga practice to help you fill up on what nourishes you in your body to really practice finding your joy. So that's there for you. You'll also see some just fun pictures and photographs and get to learn about some of the retreats that I lead and groups that I facilitate. The other place where I love to hang out is Instagram. That's my, you know, without being on social media too much or trying to not be on social media too much, if I'm on social, it's usually Instagram. So that's another good place to find me. Awesome. Awesome. Good to know. And I want to remind everyone about Elena's new book, Inhabit Your Joy, a book of nudges. And where can they go to, to purchase a copy of that, to get a copy? You can go actually directly to my website. There's a link. It says the book at the top, and that'll take you to either bookshop.org, which supports local booksellers, or of course, Amazon or Barnes and Noble, where you can find it as well. Oh, I love that. I love that you have something to help support local booksellers. That's really cool. Oh. <laughs> they hold a little special place in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Elena, it was wonderful having you here today. Thank you so much. Um, do you have any final words before I just, I'm just going to drop you back down into lobby for a moment um, and close out the show. But before I do, do you have any final words you'd like to share with everyone? No, it was a delight to be here. Thank you, Kim. And I think the only, the last invitation that I would offer is, you know, one of the ways to help you find your joy is, and I alluded to it before, is this question that I love to ask myself is what would feel delicious today? Mm -hmm. And you can ask yourself that in the morning or in the afternoon or, you know, at any time to just really tap into what is it that would feel delicious today and let whatever answer bubble up. But thank you again, Kim. You're so and welcome. And the whole community, it was delightful to spend this time with you. It was a pleasure having you here. Yeah, if you don't mind. So it'll just be a, a couple minutes. I'm just going to close out the show and then I'll see you back down in the lobby. Okay, cool. So here we go. 
Ah, oh, wasn't that fun? Isn't it fun to talk about joy and to be reminded that in everything, in everything, regardless of how it's going, things are always working out for you. And there can always be something delicious out of what's what's taking place, right? I personally love that. And I hope that you found this conversation to be supportive to you in, in strengthening that muscle. We talked a lot about the body today too, right? And the aliveness and being present in your body, connecting with yourself first. Such great conversation. Thank you, Elena. Again, Elena, again, appreciate that. Um, so yes, I, you know what, I hope you are allowing yourself to find the joy and find the gift in every moment, even if on the surface, it doesn't look as you think it might suppose it's supposed to look. That's the magic. That's the magic moment right there. Remember you are in co-creation with the universe. You set those intentions. You say, yes, this is what I want to see more of. And oh, plot twist. Ooh, how is it going to get even better than this? It can get so much better beyond our imagination when we allow ourselves to be in that space of trust. And the fun of it, the deliciousness of it is allowing ourselves to really embrace the joy, embrace what feels good and not take time away by questioning it. So let me know, as always, what you were taking away from this conversation. How did, how did you receive it? What did it bring up for you? I see, I see Joanne saying super show. Thank you. And Helene is saying, amen in joy. Absolutely. And remember to listen to yourself. Helene is saying, remember to listen to yourself every now and then and keep laughing out loud. I love that. Thank you, Helene. Appreciate the reminder about the laughing. That's such a good one. With that said, remember that you can always connect with me over at kimoneillcoaching.com and uh, learn more about the Everyday is a New Day show and my coaching and meditation services as well. And last but not least, remember that every day is always a new day. Wherever you are today does not have to be where you are tomorrow. And it simply takes remembering that you have choice in every moment, every situation, regardless of what's happening Have an amazing day. I hope you will choose you and I'll see you again very, very soon.